1: Welcome, everyone, to Midday Super Talk Mississippi. I'm your host, Gerard Gibbert, along with a rhino in the Element Wealth Studios, guiding you through the middle of your day with fax fodder and fine music. Morning, Rhino. Howdy, howdy. Your weekend, sir?
2: Busy. I'm a little sore from all the maneuvering and moving and cleaning and scrubbing and mopping and all that <laughs> fun stuff to... Get the old place cleaned up before I hand over the keys this weekend.
1: I got you. Well, that's part of it, oh, as yeah. they say. But uh, everything going okay, though? Oh,
2: yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I got started not quite as early Saturday as I did yesterday. I woke up before the sunrise yesterday and was like, well, I guess I can get my day started. So I yeah. tried to be as quiet as possible while cleaning. Yeah. But, yeah. Well. Long day.
1: Yeah. But part of it
2: so yeah now i'm down to a grand total of three boxes and two rooms with which i need to
1: clean soon it will be behind you oh yeah as they say and uh so that'll be good and you'll it'll be a distant memory (laughs) (laughs) so it took off friday right had a little uh golf junket with my buddies went down to gulf shores a good friend that uh, has a really nice beach house down there. So eight of us old men all gathered up in there. So I'm headed down, uh, accompanying me, my good friend Tommy Miskelly. We're headed down, and we stop in Loosedale, you know where that is, to get uh, on 98 there to get some Petro. And I noticed when I crank my car, after filling up the tank, it's a little sluggish. Hmm. And that was bothersome, but then I noticed that all of the favorites and the settings on the entertainment system, the, the navigation and all that stuff, uh, weren't there, weren't present. And that was disturbing. Drove all the way through, get down to, we played at the Peninsula down in Gulf Shores, Unloaded my clubs, parked my vehicle, and said, "You know, just for the heck of it, before I hit the course, and this was uh, 1:30, knowing that we wouldn't be done till six o'clock, 5:36, I'm just going to crank this thing up again. Just make sure everything's good. Did not crank. Really sluggish. Not enough voltage. Got the battery voltage low, 10 volts. That won't crank it. So." Call AAA. Been a AAA member for many years. I will say this, and I'm not trying to do an ad for AAA here. And we've had the spokesperson on the show several times. First time I think I've called them in forever. Their tools and the experience, they built a pretty neat platform, I'll have to say. So you call, and it sends a link. Via text. It recognizes your phone number if it does, sends a link via text, and it walks you through a series of three, four questions that are relevant to make sure that they get the sort of assistance you need. Most common thing, of course, battery, flat tower, tire. That's right off the bat. That's really, easy. yep, got a battery. Will it crank it all? Nope. Okay. So, you know, and then I get the notification. All right, we're gonna we're gonna uh, send someone out. What's your address? I put the address in, and it it couldn't identify it. And I'm, I I may have had the wrong address. I I had to look it up. Do you know the exact street address? So it sends another link. Seem to be having trouble. Here's a link. Open it up. We'll activate the GPS. We'll figure out where you are. Hit the button and send it to them. Pretty neat. It's like sending a pin, essentially, but right. it, it automates it. And uh, next thing you know, I get a message that says, okay, we've got this company, this one of our partners coming out. That's in a message. And then and then when that – and it tells me. It's it's going to be 303 when they get there, by the way. And it's at that point, it's just after 2. Okay, fine. And then – I get a uh, start getting a series of notifications. Looks similar to Uber. Here's who's coming to see you. Here's where they are, and by the way, you can track that and watch them on the map, just like you can in Uber. That's kind of one of the neat features, right, of those ride-sharing services. You can see exactly. And it tells you, here's who's coming, here's what the vehicle looks like. So it's kind of modeled after that.
2: Well, I mean, that was one of the main reasons why the the rideshare services took off is because you remember at the very beginning, people were really leery about, well, I mean, just somebody showing up in a random car to pick me up and take me somewhere? I don't know about this. And they started implementing, well, here's the picture of the driver. Yeah. Here's the type of car they're in. and. And so that you felt more comfortable going, oh, okay, that's the person coming to pick me up, and you can go, hey, so-and-so, and it just, it was ease of mind.
1: Right. Well, that ease of mind has now been applied to other services. No question about it. And it's, I mean, it's it's a pretty neat model, honestly, I would have to say. I think the template's pretty cool. So anyhow, shows up a little ahead of time. And it's kind of interesting that... Um, you know, we, we don't know. Is it the is it the at this point is it the battery or the alternator? And it's kind of cool, but you can't test the alternator without starting the car because you're testing its ability to charge the battery. Correct. Got to start the car to do that. So he tries to to um, apply the the portable charger booster. Tries it, nothing. Hooks a second one up to really pour the power to it. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. So he says, Well, uh, looks like we're not going to be able to get that one to work. Do you want to just replace the battery? Well, at that point, pretty much I think that's what I got to do. So I say, Sure, okay. And of course, they got to check it out because it costs money to do that. And he opens up the compartment on those trucks that you've seen them before. They have side panels and and racks inside them where they carry around all the various spare batteries. And and he opens it up, and he's trying to get the battery that my vehicle needs out of that rack. And he's struggling, unable to. And he says, well, the person that last drove this vehicle did not load the batteries in there correctly. And 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 he wasn't you know, being really demeaning of them. He was just making that statement. So I had to help him, and we got the crowbar in there trying to get this battery out. We finally get it out. Poor guy, working his rear off. He's sweating up a storm, even though it really wasn't that hot. But you exert yourself like that. So we get it in, and I got to help him. You know these vehicles these, these days, later model, there's so much stuff crammed underneath those hoods you got to, like, hold on to stuff and move it around to put the battery in.
2: Oh, yeah, a lot more uh, CAD engineering versus mechanics making those decisions. Correct, to to maximize the space under that hood. Oh, yeah, on my Avenger, I used to have to take the driver's side front tire off to get to the battery.
1: Unbelievable! Oh, the yeah. tire. Oh my gosh! So to service it, I could get to it
2: to to get to the terminals through the hood, but to to service the battery, had to take the tire off, take the little liner out. Yeah, it was a headache.
1: Well, in the old days, so we get it in there, and I notice when he's when he is uh, detaching the the bat, the existing battery, I notice how many cables are connected directly to the battery. So there's a little attachment that goes on the I think the positive terminal that is then attached via metal to five other terminals. And in the old days, you know, you just had a positive and a negative. Not anymore. There's a multitude of stuff on that vehicle that are connected directly to the battery, including the entertainment system. It is not powered by the engine while you're in uh, driving, while you're traveling. It's still powered directly by the battery. It's, it, it doesn't require a lot of power, so you're not really taxing it. That's just the design. Anyhow, get it in there. Sure enough, it cranks up. Good to go. Uh, $157 for the battery. I didn't think that was bad. I, I don't know. Hadn't bought a battery in a long time. Given my predicament, I thought that was a fair price. And uh, so I gave him a fairly hefty tip, honestly. You know, I, I don't. that's not required, obviously. I don't even know if it's expected. I just felt like, man, this guy... He got here on time, he worked his rear off, he stayed with it, and then he applied all the various voltage tests to the alternator, and yep, you're good to go. So, anyhow, didn't expect to have to run into that situation, but uh, very happy that it worked out. Of course, I had to send my golf buddies forward. I met them on the back nine, is what we <laughs> ended up doing. It's time for a break here. It is Mondays in the Element Wealth Studio here on Midday's. When we return, uh, Kidron Peterson is a candidate for Mississippi's 4th Congressional District. He'll be in the Element Well studio. Stay with us.
4: Last month, we gave you some of our biggest and best deals ever, but in April, Ridgeland Mitsubishi is determined to give you even more. More selection to choose from, more affordable payments, and more savings than ever before. Get here now to take advantage of these amazing offers. Pay only $249 per month on new 2022 Mitsubishi Mirages. Want more? The Mirage averages a whopping 40 miles per gallon. That's right. Only $249 per month and get huge savings on gas. Still want more? Then don't forget about Ridgeland Mitsubishi's new lifetime powertrain warranty. That's right. A lifetime powertrain warranty. RidgelandMitsubishi.com. And we'll give you more for your old vehicle, even if you don't buy a new one from us. So bring your trade in today and Remember, you are approved. 100% credit approval is our number one goal. With all of this, who could ask for more? RidgelandMitsubishi.com. This is the opportunity you've been waiting for. So get to Ridgeland Mitsubishi, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. 1860 East County Line Road, call 896-9600 today. Or visit RidgelandMitsubishi.com. Remember, you're approved at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. We'll approve credit to we'll deal for details
3: April is Gravely Mow the Distance Month at Revel Ace Hardware and Revel Outdoor Power. Save up to $2,000 off retail on select models, plus even more savings on customized package deals. Get 0% financing and pick your own Mow the Distance bonus. Free oil change, or free set of blades, or a free service kit. Hurry, the first 50 Gravely buyers receive a gift certificate for up to $200. Save big right now during Gravely Mow the Distance Month at Revel Ace and Revel Outdoor. Learn more at reveloutdoor.com and Facebook.
6: Mississippi Braves baseball is back and offers an affordable and safe outing for the entire family. See the future stars of the Atlanta Braves right here at Trustmark Park and enjoy daily promotions throughout the season. Single game tickets start at $5 and the Braves can tailor a ticket plan just for your schedule or a group outing from 20 to 500 people. For more information on promotions or to purchase tickets, call 888-BRAVES-4 or visit MississippiBraves.com.
4: Here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning, 6 09. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Super Talk Jackson
0: 97.3. Now back to Middays with Gerard here on Super Talk Mississippi.
3: My daddy spent his life looking up at the sky. He cussed, kicked the dust, saying, Sun, it's way too dry. The clouds up in the city. The man complains But where i come from Rain is a good thing
7: Rain makes corn Corn makes whiskey Whiskey makes my baby
1: A little Luke whiskey. Bryan bumping us into this segment Here on Midday Super Talk Mississippi From the Element Wealth of Studios Gerard and Rhino And joining us now, Kidron Peterson he is a candidate for the U.S. Congress to represent Mississippi's 4th Congressional District. Morning, Kidron. Thanks for coming on. Uh, thank you for having me. All right, so tell us a little bit about uh, your background and uh, what prompted you to throw your hat in the ring and run <laughs> for Congress.
8: Well, I was born and raised in Poplarville, Mississippi. I've been there my whole life. Uh, I actually currently work there at a machine shop. I'm a machinist by trade. I run a, a four-axis CNC machine. Uh, been there my whole life, I was actually there before I even graduated out of high school. But I keep looking at a lot of things going on in our, our country today, and it seems like Congress is no longer worried about addressing the issues that we have facing our country. And I feel that like God has led me to run for this office at this time. So that's the main reason that I'm running right now.
1: Okay. I'm looking at uh, your website, uh, which is uh, Kidron4, the number four, congress.com. And uh, why don't you tell our, our audience what your campaign slogan is, first thing that comes up on your site?
8: That would be God, family, country. That's the way I believe everything should be run, because we should always put God first in everything we do, and our family second, and then our country. Because if our family's not straight, it's going to lead to a messed up country. And that's one thing I would like to say, too, right now, is uh, happy birthday to my wife, Rachel. Today's her birthday. Oh,
1: that's awesome. Happy birthday. Fantastic. So how long have you been married?
8: We have been married since uh, 2016 is when we got married, and two or three years later we uh, decided to have a baby, and that's when we got our two-year-old Adlin. Okay, so awesome. this year would be let me let me do. The, I'm slow on math now,
1: <laughs> so it'd be six years, right? Yes,
8: sir. This yeah. will be six years this year.
1: Okay, uh, and so again, what uh, what caused you to think about? You know, I'm not happy with uh, the way things are going in our country. Perhaps you you believe that Congress has not been as effective as you think they should be addressing some of these critical issues. Is that kind of what uh, the genesis was, the catalyst for you to step in?
8: Yes, sir. That is pretty much it. Uh, Like right now, it seems Congress is up there working for themselves. Uh, You look at some of the freshman senators that they have from Alabama right now. I think they had over 132 trades on stocks. And they made it like $900,000 in that one year. I see. In 2021. So what I would like to propose is a tax on all members of Congress at a rate of 10% per year they're in office above their salary. So anything they make above salary, they would be taxed uh, 10% per year they're in office. So if they're in there for four years, they'd be taxed at a 40% rate of anything they make above salary. So they should be up there working for the American people, not – worried about making their banking account grow because America's too far in debt for them to be worried about their banking account instead of America's. That's their job. Their job is to run America efficiently, not run their own banking accounts while they're getting paid to run America.
1: So if a business person... Let's say, Kidron, that uh, decides to run for Congress, and this person's has uh, own and operated this business as an op- entrepreneur for some time. That business is producing a profit. They get elected to Congress then. You support this uh, idea of taxing them an additional 10% on the income they generate from that private business?
8: Yes, sir, because if there's no way somebody can run two businesses at the same time and run them both effectively. One of them is going to require more <laughs> attention than the other. I've yeah. never seen... A business owner start two businesses and run them both equally the same because one's going to require more work one week than the next week. And if they really want to get in politics, they should be in there for to help our country, not to worry about their business. They should be solely up there to focus on our country.
1: Okay. So we, you, you would uh, you would hope, then, that that would deter people that are in that situation from, from running for Congress, Should, and then divesting themselves of all their investments as well, because most of those are going to generate income as well.
8: Yeah. it To me, I love my country. I want to see it succeed. Okay. And if I'm up there trying to do too many things at one time, one of them is going to fall by the wayside, and a lot of them are up there for themselves. Yes, I understand some people has got businesses they don't want to leave, but if they step into the public arena, I think they should maybe put it in a trust where somebody else is taking care of it while they're in office. That way they have no dealings with it. Kind of like what Trump did. He divested from everything he had. He didn't even take a salary. Right. So you could tell that he loved our country. Unlike, I believe he's the only president that's ever done something similar to that.
1: That's part in my history. Okay. Uh, Is that something you would consider? Is uh, uh, just not taking a salary? Is that something you consider? If uh, you got elected
8: I w- would consider it but my financial situation would not allow me to do that okay but I would give the ten percent like even if it is not become law I would start with the ten percent twenty percent all in up however many years I serve but like term limits would be nice to see implemented but a lot of I've been here now for years and years and years and it, term limits has not been implemented I would like to try to get term limits in a different way. Okay. That's why I'm looking at this as a different alternative for term limits. But
7: okay.
1: That, yeah, so what you're suggesting is by instituting this tax, you'd have fewer people uh, presumably that would be interested in running for Congress because they'd have to pay that tax, and yeah. and and that that's kind of a way of instituting uh, term limits in your view. Is that is that accurate?
8: Yes, that, that is accurate because once they get to 100%, a lot of them up there, if you took away their the money that they – make past salary they wouldn't have no interest being I up see. there i got you and it would take a while to get that implemented because a lot of them up there they they're used to making their millions of dollars i got because you because what is it i think only 20 percent of congress right now is not millionaires
1: right so t- you're looking at 10 percent per year i think now i'm understanding yeah. you so yeah. it escalate uh su- in successive years and yes right. sir okay yes sir right. because so ab- in 10 years they get to 100 percent. yes sir okay so they'd say, oh, I'm out. I don't want to give 100% of my income out.
8: Okay. Yeah. Interesting Yeah, It'd be idea. just anything above their salary that yeah, they make.
1: I got you. So. Yeah, I got you. All right. So, um, of course, you've got uh, an incumbent in uh, Representative Stephen Palazzo that currently holds that seat. Uh, and you've got a number of other candidates in the primary as well. Tell us how you believe you're different from uh, Representative Palazzo.
8: Uh Palazzo, he ran on term limits when he first started, So, and he's already served six years. He ran on and wanting to do term limits, so he was would only have 12 years in office. Now he's running for a seventh term, so he's not even following what he wanted everybody else to do as far as term limits. Yeah. that, And he's also missed almost 300 roll call votes. So he misses, on average, double what most other the congressmen and women uh, miss. Okay.
1: So I don't think he's adequately representing Mississippi. Hmm. All right. Uh, are there any particular policy positions where you differ with Representative Palazzo that you can share with us? Uh, How about votes? Are, they, are, are there any votes that he's he's made as a sitting member of Congress that you disagreed with where you would have voted differently? Uh, I
8: don't know all the particulars about his whole entire voting record. But I do know some of his votes are not the best as far as being in line with the conservative agenda. Okay. So I think that is part of it. Like, one thing, I do have an issue with is running on uh, border security, but in 2016 they had a perfect opportunity to build a border wall. Trump ran on building a border wall, and then the uh, Republicans... Trolled the House, Senate, and White House, so they could have easily built the border wall during that time frame, but they never did pass it. So I, I'm just curious why they didn't do it then.
1: Okay. All right. So, uh, what about the other candidates for Congress? How how do you differ with them? Any particular area that you want to focus on there?
8: Uh, my main one is the uh, taxing the political class is the only one way I'm majorly different from some of the other candidates. Is that because most of them is running on term limits, the same thing Palazzo ran on. So to me, that's something that I've heard my whole life and nobody's actually implemented okay. with the uh, taxes. I do want to see that implemented. Uh, I know uh, some of them are, most of them are for the pro-life, but some uh, one of them in particular is actually for the, Day after pill on the abortion issue. Okay, and the day after pill is actually the earliest form of abortion there is. Okay,
1: what about our our fiscal condition? Are you concerned about uh, our budget and uh, the debt, for example, and the deficit that we are seem to be just producing perpetually?
8: Yes, I am definitely concerned about that. That's one, another issue I wish I could address is to have the. Uh, Whoever passes the bills that spends more than the U.S. makes, have them actually pay a tax on the donation they receive as well. Like the Republican Party passes a bill that spends 10% more than the revenue the U.S. takes in, have all donations that come to the Republican Party as a group be taxed at 10%. But if there's a Republican that didn't vote for the bill, they don't have to pay the 10% on their donations. I got you. That way there's actually... Consequences for passing bad legislation. Okay,
1: interesting. All right, Kidron, well, we appreciate you coming on the program, and uh, good luck in your run for Mississippi's 4th uh, Congressional District. All right, thank you. Thank you yes, for having sir. me. We'll take a break right here on Middays. Uh, we'll come right back. Stay with us. <laughs>
9: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Rain and a possible thunderstorm today, high near 85. Tonight, an 80% chance of showers, low around 57. Your Tuesday, a 50-50 shot of the wet, stuff. cloudy skies, high near 70 degrees. And a look to Wednesday, sunny conditions, high near 75. This weather brought to you by our friends at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. Shop local. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, your building supply experts since 1871.
6: Come out to Mississippi Makers Fest on May 7th from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. at the two Mississippi museums in downtown Jackson. Enjoy live music from the North Mississippi All-Stars and a huge lineup of bands plus art and food from over 50 makers. The World of Marty Stewart exhibit will also open at the museums the same day featuring artifacts from Johnny Cash, Dolly Parton, Marty Stewart himself, and more. Mississippi Makers Fest is sponsored by Southern Beverage Company. And the World of Marty Stewart is sponsored by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. For more info, visit mdah.ms.gov.
12: A Mississippi teacher has been awarded what's known as the Oscar of teaching. Shanae Adams of Pearl River Central High School was surprised Friday afternoon with a $25,000 Milken Educator Award. Adams, who used to be a math teacher at the school, now serves in the capacity of lead teacher. The Milken Award is such an honor that even Oprah Winfrey, also a Mississippi native, sent her congratulations.
5: For me... Listen, teachers have meant
12: so much of my life, and what I know for sure is that as a teacher, you're creating positive ripples in the lives of your students that will continue to impact them in ways you will likely never know. To read more about the Milken Award and all Shanae Adams has accomplished thus far in her career, log on to supertalk.fm. Supertalk.fm <laughs>
6: The World of Marty Stewart exhibit will debut at the two Mississippi museums in Jackson on Saturday, May 7th. The exhibit explores Stewart's life and his legacy of collecting country music stories, including hundreds of items never shown before in Mississippi, such as original, handwritten Hank Williams manuscripts. For more information, go to worldofmartystewart.mdah.ms.gov.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to Midday Super Talk, Mississippi. We are in the Element Wealth Studios. Well, uh, that's interesting. Interesting approach, Mister Peterson has on achieving term limits, and of course, term limits are something that uh, the bar for that is incredibly high. That would require ratification by the states, two-thirds of Congress, I believe. I mean, it's a a high bar. I wrote an article, an op-ed, a couple of years ago, a few years ago, in support of it. And honestly, I have kind of mixed feelings about it. I, I just scratch my head like, well, why can't the voters limit the terms? Why do we have to have a law to do that? If folks are there for a time that people believe is beyond the amount of time they should be there, why don't they vote them out? And a lot of times what you'll find is folks will say, oh, my reps are fine, it's your reps we need to put our <laughs> limits on. It's a serious question, though. Why, it, what does that say about the electorate? Seriously. Why, why don't they... You think about how long the, the individual who just passed away, was it from Alaska I believe, maybe not. 49 years. 49! They don't know any life outside of that. And then the other question is, why do they go to stay that long? Well, part of the the draw is that the longer you're there, the more seniority you have, simply because of how long you're there. It's not about qualifications. It's about tenure. Tenure. Tenure buys you higher-ranking committee positions and chair and so forth. That's why they stay. That's one reason. The other reason, in my view, it's not so much the money. I think there's a little bit of a misconception, shall we say, about the wealth of members of Congress and their ability to use Congress. I I don't see it as, as... big an issue as a lot of people do there are some who i do think abuse it nancy pelosi comes to mind and again i point out when you're buying options that's different than buying equities and you're buying options that clearly go against the grain of trends it's like you know something yeah
2: which options was a big talking point over the weekend on social media because a leaked text conversation between Bill Gates and Elon Musk, where Bill Gates wanted to talk to Elon about philanthropy, and Elon shot back with, do you still have a, a short on Tesla? To which Gates had to reply, yeah, I, I still hadn't got rid of that. <laughs> and Elon Musk replied, well, if you've got a short on Tesla, that means you're not really serious about climate change, because Tesla's working the hardest to combat climate change.
1: Correct. Short, that's right. Short means you expect the company not to perform well. So, that's right. Um, you're you're sell- So, what's happening is you're selling at an established price, and you expect the stock to drop below that price so that you can buy it to cover your short. That's the way shorts work. Yeah, exactly. It does go counter to his running around lecturing us about, I remember we had the tape of him last year, I think, about not eating fake meat or some crap like that. Uh, anyhow, so I understand that folks concerned. I really, I'm sensitive to that about getting in Congress and abusing that power for personal wealth and gain. But when folks say all the insider training, and then you go look at the trades, it's like, well, that's the same stock everybody else is buying. It's not like they know something else. They're buying some obscure issue at a penny, and they're about to pass a law that's going to turn that stock into $100 a share. I don't see any of that. They're buying the same stuff we're all buying that's widely held. It's, it gets called into question when they're shorting it, like you talked about, or they're even buying puts, because they're going to pass legislation that's going to drive the stock down, and they're going to put it at a higher price, sell it at a higher price. So anyhow, that, that's a bigger issue to me. But I, all this to say, I feel like what seems to drive these kind of lifelong members of Congress, it's the perks It's the fact that these these members, particularly on the Senate side, can pick the phone up, literally, and call just about anybody in the world, seriously, and get a call, get an acceptance of their call, certainly within the country, and call a favor. You think about it. It don't matter if it's front row seats to the sporting event or getting on an airplane. I mean, just go down the litany of possibilities where the average person simply doesn't have that kind of influence and and power. And you get accustomed to that. You get accustomed to people waiting on you all the time, if you think about it. and Because it's what they do. Now, if it's in the interest of freeing up that person's time to be focused on governing. I get it. I'm for that. But I think, and this is just an observation, you get to a point where you're so accustomed to that that you can't imagine life without it. That more than anything. Just my observation, my opinion. And uh, other folks may have a different one. I get it. But and he said, uh, "I think uh, Mr. Peterson said, and I haven't, I haven't re- researched this. That all but twenty member of Cong- twenty members of Congress are millionaires. When you look at the amount of money that's being spent, I don't know, I haven't looked at it. But if you look at the amount of money being invested in campaigns, it is insane, insane." Dropping millions of dollars for a job that pays $60,000 a year. Four as a member of uh, the Senate or the House. But you look at, like, Ted Cruz's race, the really big states, the very contentious races, Rick Scott's race for Senate in Florida, it was over $120 million spent. Georgia, you look at those two races in the last cycle, both of those were north of $100 million. $100 million on campaigning. That's what's happened. So it's become a, a game where you pretty much got to be wealthy just to play. In the smaller states, doesn't require as much. You know, a U.S. House seat here's million, million and a half. Senate seat, I, I want to say in the 19th cycle of Senator Cindy Hyde Smith's race, I want to say 11, 12 million between the two candidates were, was spent. Nothing like Cruz, where it was 120. Unbelievable. Rick Scott, who is the wealthiest member of uh, Congress, he's the Republican senator from Florida. Now, Rick was is a self-made, wealthy individual, private equity guy. He's worth $259 million. He spent 60 of his own on his Senate race. 60! He stroked a check for 60 million bucks. Mark Warner is a Democrat from Virginia. He's worth 214. Romney, 174. Mike Braun, 136. He's a first term Republican from Indiana. Nancy Pelosi, 114. Feinstein, 87. Just go down the list, and it's pretty evenly spread. I I think there's more Republicans, honestly, that are in the top. 50. It's pretty close, as I recall. Tom Tillis in North Carolina, he's number 48, he's ranked 48th in terms of personal wealth, worth 11 million bucks. Rob Portman, Republican from Ohio, 10 million. Uh, Did we not, Rhino, look up Benny Thompson and we're surprised to find out? And by the way, this is disclosed, this has to be disclosed. Um to the government as part of their their financial disclosure reports from an ethics perspective. I want to say Benny's only worth like a million one or something. I was a little surprised.
2: Yeah, he's hovered right around a million
1: for the last 10 years. And keep in mind included in your net worth is not just cash. These are these will be like your residence less the mortgage, your your household effects and so forth. Less anything you may owe on that. So million dollars isn't a lot a lot of people think benny's been in congress a long time and and he has and 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 being so and i'm not defending him i'm just i'm just sharing with you what is reported but when you look at the data i think there's a a perception out there benny's just got to be worth tens of millions of dollars well not according to the reports being filed Uh, you have to assume those are accurate Because you have to provide substantiation for that, so yeah, and you also have to go through elections with opposition research. That's exactly right. That folks will be pointing that out. It's time for a break here. We got Jessica Mel Gwynn coming on at eleven oh five. Stay with us. When
10: you partner with R.J. Young for your business printing needs, you get the R.J. Young difference, superior service, in-house leasing option, and a we-make-it-right guarantee. Choose R.J. Young's HP A4 for your business's managed print services and supplies. Print with confidence and trust HP Original Supplies for consistent, uninterrupted printing. To learn more about our office equipment and technology, visit rjyoung.com slash printers. R.J. Young partners with the best printer manufacturers like HP to offer you the best technology solutions that power your business.
7: I love it.
0: Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk.
6: Pilium Corporation is a proud sponsor of Ole Miss Sports. Protect and grow your business with Pilium. By improving business practices with technology-driven solutions, Pilium solves problems and creates new opportunities for your company. Learn more at Pilium.com.
13: This is the opening agri market report. At the opening of the New York Cotton Exchange, July cotton was down 307 to 132.80. October cotton was down 288 to 121.47. At the opening of the Chicago Board of Trade, soybeans were down 26 and a half to 1661 a per bushel. August soybeans were down 26 and a quarter to 1607 per bushel. July corn was up two and a quarter to seven ninety one and a quarter per bushel. September corn was up three quarters to seven forty six and a quarter per bushel. At the Mercantile, June live cattle was down two forty to one thirty six oh five. August live cattle was down two sixty two to one thirty seven seventy five. August feeders down two oh five to one seventy four eighty two. September feeders down one sixty seven to one seventy seven ninety. And at the open the Dow Jones down two hundred seventeen points, thirty three thousand five ninety five. I'm Dick Williams, this is Super Talk, Mississippi, Agri News Network.
6: will of a
0: farmer is like no other forged by the strength of generations past propelled by the hope of what lies ahead unpredictability cannot shake its resolve it wears a coat of courage and commitment boots made of love for the land at basf we support you with tools for tomorrow new chemistries seed traits and technologies because we know the world's future will be fed by the will of a farmer basf helping you do the biggest job on earth
1: On middays, Super Talk Mississippi kicking off a brand new week here from the Element Wealth Studios.
2: Last week of April.
1: Yes, it is. It is. I'm ready for May to roll on in. I well, should also report that uh, the wind on the golf course was rather brisk 30, 35 miles per hour. Uh, makes it a little tough to negotiate the golf ball around the course. But uh, And a few times I had to take my hat off. Couldn't keep my hat on my head, especially bending over putting. So I (laughs) had to putt hatless. Nancy and Brandon says, uh, talking about my AAA story, we are also AAA members, had a flat on Saturday, and they were great. That's been my experience as well. Darren and Jackson reminds AAA gifts to liberal causes. Darren, I hear you, man. Um, Find a company that doesn't. A lot of the companies that manufacture the technology that made that text possible, they do too. And that's the problem. It's it's pervasive, and um, especially since the George Floyd incident, go look at all the companies that gave to Black Lives Matter. Tons of them. Tons. Right now, Disney, of course, is in the spotlight as a result of their spat with Governor DeSantis. They, as well, I think, imprudently ventured outside of their swim lane and should focus on their core business as should all of these companies and quit being political it's not of their not of their business they are of course private companies they can do what they want but they shouldn't in my view they should not venture off into the political fray especially on extremely controversial issues where the the nation, their customers, their staff are so divided, but it's uh it's it is absolutely pervasive. You'll have a hard time finding a company to trade with if 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 that's your prerogative that uh, you choose to only trade with companies that align with your your philosophy and your worldview. It's becoming increasingly, if not impossible, to limit to just those, because so many have adopted. There's not a major company in America that doesn't have a massive diversity, equity, and inclusion group that is not requiring their staff to complete all sorts of training, implicit bias training, and all kinds of other stuff. In fact... There's a state, I think it's Massachusetts, is now requiring physicians as a condition of licensure to practice medicine to complete four hours of in-person implicit bias training. Read up a little bit on that. The training assumes that physicians are all racist and that they have to go to this training so that they do not inject their racism into patient care. That's how upside down stuff is in this country. It's just crazy. So it's getting increasingly more difficult, if not impossible, to find a company that doesn't have these social justice policies front and center in their governance. It's Climate change. It's uh, all, all the racial su- social justice. Now it's all the sexual identity social justice. It uh, really is crazy. So, uh, you know, I just wish they'd stay in their swim lane. I can't say that enough. Just produce the goods and deliver the goods and services that is core to your business. Stay out of politics. Don't forget Disney owns ESPN ABC. So turn off ESPN as well. if that's the way you, you you choose to conduct your life and I'm not being critical of you I'm just I'm just pointing out the reality. you you absolutely can do whatever you want and I respect you for that. Uh, Home Depot. Good grief you've seen there. Their privilege checklist they require all their employees to to complete. Verizon, one of the most woke around. American Express, ridiculous American Express, and their denouncement of capitalism, the very system that enables them to be a going concern. (laughs) That's how upside down this stuff is. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But we've got a break right here. The first hour is in the books. Don't forget, we're on for two hours today. We've got Super Talk Outdoors coming up at noon, hosted by Ricky Matthews. And uh, we're in the Element Well Studios. Coming up next, Jessica Melguin. hope I pronounced that correctly. Jessica is the director of the Center for T- Technology and Innovation at the Competitive Enterprise Institute. We're going to discuss antitrust legislation, data protection, and changes to social media and free speech we see brewing. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk, Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. Online at baroniestreepros.com.
14: News. I'm Chris Foster. Secretary of State Antony Blinken met for three hours with President Vladimir Zelensky in Ukraine to personally pledge support in the fight against Russia, including the return of American diplomats to Ukraine starting next week, uh, including uh, President Biden's intent to nominate a new ambassador to Ukraine, Ambassador Bridget Brink, currently uh, an ambassador, someone I've served with for uh, a long time. And Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin also in Ukraine announces more military aid. Tesla founder Elon Musk is closer to owning Twitter outright, according to sources familiar with the negotiations.
8: Twitter is reportedly
11: poised to accept Elon Musk's best and final offer of $54.20 per share. Now, the company was set to decline Musk's offer, but after meeting with the billionaire yesterday and after
8: pressure from Twitter shareholders to take the deal, the board was running out of options.
14: Kelly O'Grady with Fox Business Musk revealed last week he lined up financing for the acquisition. America's listening to Fox News.
3: This
6: is Dr. Will Lumpflett with Capital Dental. We are proud to offer the most up-to-date technology to ensure you are receiving the best possible dental care. Book your appointment online today at CapitalDentalInc.com. That's CapitalDentalInc.com. Your window tint
0: headquarters at Auto Trim Designs on Highway 80 in Pearl is now also your best source for the lasting protection of Expel paint protection film. Your car is too precious to fail to protect it from bugs, rocks, and road debris. For more info, go to AutotrimDesigns.com.
12: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Governor Tate Reeves will be joining Neil Cavuto's Coast to Coast on Fox Business today at 1245. The last time he appeared on a national program, he expressed his frustration with Vice President Kamala Harris.
14: It frustrates me to no end, to be honest with you, that within the last two weeks, Vice President Kamala Harris has found time in her schedule to visit Greenville, Mississippi, Uh, to highlight whatever it is that she wanted to highlight, but she hasn't had time in the last year during her tenure as being in charge of the border crisis to actually visit the southern border.
12: Reeves was correct in stating that Harris had visited Greenville recently, but he was incorrect in saying that it's been a year since Harris visited the U.S.-Mexico border. For the latest Mississippi news, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or online at supertalk.fm. I'm Kelly Bennett.
6: People today could spend half their lives over 50, so it's important to keep your money protected as you get older. That's why AARP Mississippi is providing you with tips to help prevent fraud from con artists so your money lives longer. During the month of April, they are shining a light on how you can protect yourself and your family from fraud with a telephone town hall and document shredding events. Learn more and sign up for free at aarp.org/ms. The Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation celebrates 100 years in 2022. If you're not sure what that means for you, did you know our farmer members grow the safest and cleanest food supply in the world on 35,000 farms across the state? Our work truly does fuel the world. We are more than agriculture. We are what's best for all Mississippi. The Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, 100 years of faith, family, and Farm Bureau. Become a member today at msfb.org.
12: Mississippi dams and drainage will be getting an upgrade in several areas across the state, according to Senator Roger Wicker. Friday, he announced that the U.S. Department of Agriculture is investing over $48 million for seven infrastructure projects across the state. Funding for the projects originally came from the Biden administration's infrastructure bill. They're anticipated to fix pressing issues regarding flooding and drainage in cities and counties including Coahoma, Forest, Hines, Yalobusha, Madison, and Charleston. Thanks to the addition of some new animals at the Hattiesburg Zoo, they're seeing visitors coming from as far away as Georgia and Tennessee. A Calabasas monkey that was born April 9th is now being let into the enclosure. Representatives from the zoo told WDAN they're a vulnerable species, so to have them at the zoo is really exciting. There are also 16 new chickens, representing 13 different breeds. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Kelly Bennett. The longest running music festival is
4: back and bigger than ever. The 69th annual Jimmy Rogers Music Festival, May 7th through the 15th. Family fun and a lineup of entertainment you don't want to miss. Featuring an evening with Frank Foster, Friday, May 13th on the Meridian City Hall Lawn. May 14th, it's multi platinum recording artist, the Eli Young Band, on the Meridian
0: City
7: Hall lawn.
13: VIP and single show tickets available at JimmyRogers.com.
4: The 69th Annual Jimmy Rogers Music Festival, celebrating the father of country music. May 7th through the 15th.
5: Tune in to Good Things with me, Rebecca Turner. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour, weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m., right here on Supertalk Jackson
0: 97.3. Welcome to the show that challenges you to think, deeply to think deeply and look beyond political posturing. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Back, everyone, to midday super talk Mississippi. We are, of course, in the Element Well Studios. Joining us now, Jessica Malugian. She is the director for the Center for Technology and Innovation at the Competitive Enterprise Institute. Jessica, I may have said Jennifer. I apologize for that. Jessica, thanks for joining us today.
11: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: You bet. So we wanted to talk to you about uh, some of these bills that are meandering their way through Congress that uh, would essentially just give a whole lot more control to the government uh, over social media, uh, data, the Internet... The freedom that, uh, for the most part, we enjoy in in the digital world at, at this point, I, I've I've always kind of described it as a as a canvas that we just paint every day, and uh, I think what the government wants to do is structure it like uh, they do everything, just uh, one big uh, bureauc- bureaucratic monolith that really doesn't have any character, doesn't doesn't uh, promote innovation. That's the concern. What do you say?
11: Well, I think you're describing it just perfectly. Um, you know, I, I think, unfortunately, some of these kind of tech antitrust bills have gotten associated with some of the content moderation and, and free speech concerns. But it's so important to remember that's not what these bills are about. They yeah. don't address any of those complaints. But what they what they do do, as you mentioned, is grow the federal bureaucracy and give unelected lawyers in D.C. Uh, and staff at these agencies so much influence and power over what should be private decisions being made on these tech platforms. And, you know, we we benefit from them every day. And I think when we were all sort of trapped at home, we realized how much we'd come to depend on them um, with entertaining ourselves at home and educating ourselves at home um, and just staying supplied. So um, that's really the danger here, is that what, what these bills are about is D.C. bureaucrats micromanaging big tech.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and this this, – I think there was a decision not uh, too long ago concerning uh, Facebook, right? And and basically it argued that Facebook doesn't compete, which is insanity. Uh, Tell us
11: about that. Well, I think that part of the pitch here from those who want to get their paws on these tech companies is that, you know, it's an appropriate use of government power because all of these companies are monopolies. Yeah. But – even just saying it out loud, you can hear how crazy that sounds, you know, how many monopolies make a monopoly. Um, And so (laughs) in the Facebook case, uh, the court came back and said, you know, this is nuts, like, you have to at least first prove that this is a real monopoly. What are they a monopoly of? I mean, basically, the only thing that Facebook's a monopoly on is Facebook, right? Because you have Twitter and um, Getter and true social and all these new up-and-comers. So um, this is a time to keep government out of things, uh, not insert themselves (laughs) into these products and services we really benefit from.
1: Yeah, I think there's this misconception a lot of people have because they're not happy about something concerning these platforms in general. Uh, and they're looking for a utopia that's impossible to achieve, especially when you consider how many people are engaged and participating. You're not going to get a consensus. But what they want is government to make things be more consistent with their worldview, uh, to, to kind of take the reins there and and apply their span of control, which would be detrimental so what makes these platforms valuable, which is the, the openness? And, and I may not agree with, with some of the, the folks in Silicon Valley sitting in the pack halls, as is, is often is described, that uh, are just figuring out what to allow and what not to allow. But inserting government into that equation would definitely make it worse.
11: Yeah, that's exactly right. So what I tell people is um, not every problem has a federal government solution. And I think that conservatives sort of know that instinctually. And I just think it's important to emphasize that these big tech companies are no exception to those rules, right? This is not a good idea. So... these bills don't really address the speech stuff, but even on the speech stuff, I would say to you that the people currently in office are not going to be any champions of conservative right. speech online, I can promise you. So, you know, normally we tell people, don't give government any power you wouldn't want you know, the, your opposition party to have, sure. but for conservatives, that's already the case, but yet we're still sort of out here kind of trying to, to ring the alarm here because... Um, you don't want to get all that conflated because what, as you perfectly described it, what these bills are, are just a huge growth in government power and scope. And, you know, we don't have to guess at what that leads to, right? We, Europe is kind enough to go ahead of us and do everything that way. <laughs> and what you have there is not one top 10 global tech company being based in Europe. And it's, it's no coincidence, right? these companies that we rely on every day are global champions and they're they're made right here at home in the US and we need to sort of preserve that friendly, regulatory, light touch if we want to keep enjoying whatever they think of next and we want to keep looking forward to the next competitor that's going to come along and, and maybe you know turn them into the next MySpace yeah. but the, the point is that the market's really working for consumers right now with big tech and um, I think that that's more than you can say for Congress
1: Yeah, exactly, and I, I mean I I just get a shudder to think about, well, who's the bureaucrat that's going to be the arbiter of what is acceptable content and what's not acceptable content? I, I mean, it's so subjective. Who, who decides, oh, that's acceptable and that's not? Because there's no consensus on that.
11: Yeah, and that's the problem with the speech stuff. You know, one person's joke is the other person's trigger, yeah. and one person's satire is the yeah. other person's offensive misinformation. And that's... You know, whatever our problems are with uh, big tech, and and we can certainly say that there's times I personally do not agree with the choices they've made, that's so much better than my government deciding what people are allowed to say and not say. And again, these these bills that we're talking about, the antitrust bills, are a lot about just these private business decisions, you know, and they – if they become law, they really risk things like free shipping, two-day shipping with Prime, or yeah. Google Maps showing you local businesses around you um, when you, you know, search pizza place near me when you're traveling. Um, these are everyday services that we don't think twice about. You know, no consumer is complaining about that stuff. Right. Um, this is a, a big push by government to to encroach on this industry that, you know, I think, some feel threatened by because they're not in control of it, but but I'm sort of, I'd, I'd rather take my chances in the marketplace um, than have U.S. Senators telling me how things should work.
1: Agree. So what is your organization doing exactly, Jessica, to, to uh, deal with this situation?
11: Well, our biggest thing is just educating people. We're just out to, you know, people are, real life people are busy raising their families and yeah. earning a living, um, and hopefully also, you know some more fun, enjoyable things than sitting around reading um, legislation, Mm -hmm. but we do it for, for you and we just urge people to get a little informed about what this would really mean for you as a consumer and trust your instincts on, you know, do you want the U.S. government telling these companies how to operate? They've been incredibly successful in bringing us lots of things we love, so let's get out of their way and let them keep doing it.
1: Yeah, you know, as an old IT guy, it, it kind of reminds me of the operating system wars that we lived through back in the 80s and 90s when we had these multiple operating systems for personal computers and, and servers and so forth. And and ultimately, one won out in the Intel world and one won out in the Apple world. And so we have two. And it was so expensive for application software developers to try to port their software tools to all these multiple operating systems it's just it doesn't work economically or technically and so now we have one standard that won out and nobody even says anything about that anymore that's that's a yeah. clear monopoly
11: yeah that's right and that and that's a great point because here's the thing there's so many variables so many factors it's easy to say, "Oh, there should just, you know, be a million different competitors in any market." But yeah. for the reasons you just described, sometimes that really doesn't make sense practically. So it's so much better to let market forces sort this out with everyone involved than one top-down solution from Washington.
1: Tot- totally agree. And so the. You know I I've talked about this on the show many times Jessica and I, I know you've witnessed it as well as when uh, the CEOs and the and the managers from these these big tech companies are summoned to the hill and they start this line of questioning it's so clear they have no idea what they're talking about they're reading prepared questions and it's just words coming out of their mouth uh, we don't want those people overseeing the people on the other side of the chamber that are running all these companies got about a minute what do you think
11: yeah well I think that's right with all due respect to our elected representatives and their offices which I'm all you know I'm a, a big fan of our system of government yep. um you only have to watch a congressional hearing for a few minutes to realize you don't want these people making <laughs> micro decisions about your technology So true really, Want to leave that up to the people who have skin in the game, right? Who are working at those companies, who are investors in those companies, um, because this is this is very tricky stuff. And Congress is not known for being able to take like a surgical strike in right. these issues, right? Totally it's clumsy, agree. Clumsy hammer. And um, it, yeah.
1: <laughs> Jessica, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, very much appreciate the conversation and and uh, good luck. And thanks for all the good work you guys do.
11: My pleasure. Have a great day.
1: You too. Midday Super top Mississippi. We'll come right back.
9: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Rain and a possible thunderstorm today, high near 85. Tonight, an 80% chance of showers, low around 57. Your Tuesday, a 50-50 shot of the wet stuff, cloudy skies, high near 70 degrees. And a look to Wednesday, sunny conditions, high near 75. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha outboard dealer in Brandon.
0: Here's John and Corey Ravenstein for Juniker Jewelry Company. If
6: you're thinking about selling your old jewelry, especially diamonds, Knowing what you have is the key to getting the best price. At Juniper Jewelry Company, as gemologists and appraisers, we will assess accurately the real value of what you have and then make you the very best offer. You see, as true diamond brokers and importers, we buy and sell diamonds every day on the worldwide market. We specialize in diamonds of a carat or more and can discreetly handle any diamond, no matter how large. That diamond ring you inherited from Aunt May. Or maybe it's that diamond you just don't wear anymore because it simply lost its meaning. We'll help that diamond find a new home. For all your diamond needs, come to Jennifer Jewelry Company. Buying
1: or selling We are Mississippi's most trusted name in diamonds.
0: Juniker Jewelry Company, Mississippi's direct diamond importer. 1485 Highland Colony Parkway, just south of 463 in Madison, and junikerjewelry.com. This hour of middays with Gerard Gibbert is sponsored by Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland. For personalized in-office treatment for urinary incontinence, erectile dysfunction, and neuropathy, they help you get your life back.
10: be sure to catch sports talk mississippi your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the magnolia state every day from three until six right here on super talk jackson 97.3
0: middays with gerard gibbert let's do this on super talk mississippi
7: (laughs)
1: Super Talk Mississippi from the Element Wealth Studios today. We had us uh we did some road work last week. We were all over the place up there in West Point and Tupelo. A lot of fun though. And uh I think we're home. I think we're in the studio for the rest of this week, right? I believe so. But we got more remotes coming Oh yeah. Up. Looking forward to that. We got uh, stuff coming up on the C Spire text line. It is constricting free speech. That is the problem. Okay, well, I hear you. What do you want, though? Do you want the government to determine what's permissible? And are these are private companies? Are they legally bound to permit anybody to say anything? I don't agree with the way they do it, but I'm concerned about how to address that issue. And I'm with Jessica. I don't want the government addressing that issue. And if the government that's in control right now were in charge, imagine what that would look like. It would make these platforms less open, less free, and be even more restrictive, far more restrictive. Because and we've talked about that before on the program. What you know, one person's insult is another person's joke. There's no consensus on that anymore. Not even close. Like we've said so many times, we can't agree on how many genders there are.
2: I mean, an even more extreme example: porn. Totally true. You you may find it abhorrent, but that's somebody's paycheck. Absolutely true. So there's going to be two different viewpoints on it.
1: Just from that standard. And the content, porn content, in terms of volume of storage... Oh, it's ridiculous. ...accessible to the Internet, by far exceeds every other category. By far. Right. So, if that's blocked, and we, you and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, there is kind of a sideways way that sometimes it can filter through, make its way through, in these social media platforms... Is that restricting free speech? What about? I think that was Larry Flint's argument. He sure did. Hustler guy, by the way. Yeah. If you didn't know. Um, Let's say a a violent act against another human. If that's not allowed, sometimes those things end up and they get quickly taken down. There are people that have committed suicide, right, and take themselves. That gets uploaded. Beheadings, crap like that. I don't want there to see all that. There was a shooting
2: in D.C. not two, three days ago where the guy had a camera strapped to the gun and was live streaming it. Oh, my gosh.
1: So it's it's a thorny issue. I, I don't want, in general, free speech suppressed. Totally agree with that. But there are even, according to our constitutions, some limits on that it, that are designed to protect people. You know, the example often get given is you can't walk into a crowded theater and scream fire, for example. And there's just other examples of that. So I, I don't want to empower government to, to intrude here. What I want to do is continue to pressure these companies to not be so dang slanted and biased in one direction. And by the way, it looks like there's a strong possibility that uh, the acquisition of Twitter by Elon Musk, looks like that's going to go through. At least today, the board appears to be the board of Twitter on board with his acquisition.
2: I mean, if you remove all of the political nonsense and just look at it from a business standpoint, why wouldn't they? He's paying a premium
1: big time premium and they they have a fiduciary responsibility. They did implement a poison pill, but it looks like that's going to be overcome. So, and they're going to move forward and it's like you got your car that.
5: out
2: there in the in the driveway and it's been giving you problems off and on for years and you just want to get rid of it, but you you do have some sentimental value to it and then somebody comes along and offers you, oh, I don't know, 2 3 times what you thought it was worth. Yeah. Even if you
1: don't like that person, weren't you at least going to consider selling it to him Yeah, exactly. Of course, because it's a deal in hand. Absolutely. So, all right, let's think about what Musk said. And many people are are embracing his acquisition of Twitter because Elon, I think, seems to be a common-sense free-speech guy. He's made that point that we can't have a functioning society uh, with these platforms that have become so so powerful, so popular, so ubiquitous, if there's big slants and biases in their moderation of the platforms. And what did Elon say? We read it on the air last week. Well, the the appropriate level of moderation is is when people on both sides are, quote, unhappy. He even suggested maybe 10% of the people on the far right and the far left, the, the, the divide there, their speech is suppressed. Well, that's suppressing free speech. I get what he's saying. I
2: think know. one of his more sane, I guess that's not the right word, but one of the, the better points he's made is that he wants it to be an easier process to verify your identity. Okay. I
1: haven't heard him say that. It makes sense, though.
2: So. If you do that, then you cut down on quite possibly 10, 20 percent of nonsense that's on social media.
1: I think that's right. If you had to truly identify, and he's talked about using technology to ascertain that, not just who you say you identify as, you know, it's the wizard behind the curtain sort of deal. Right. And and speaking of free speech, today the Supreme Court is right in the thick of the culture wars that are, I think, really harming this country and certainly consuming this country. In a case that involves a football coach, you may remember that, who asserted his right to kneel and pray on the 50-yard line at the conclusion of a public school football game, this coach, I think his name's Joseph Kennedy, as I recall. He coached in Washington State, and I think he would begin to pray before and after games, if I'm not mistaken. By the way, this was 14 years ago, 2008, at the end of a game, he would take a knee and say a prayer with his players at midfield. And so the school ordered him to stop. The superintendent the AD, he stopped his locker room prayers completely and for at least one game, left the home field, returning later than the crowds had gone to pray for himself, by himself, excuse me. So he felt like he was defending, he was within his right under the Constitution, and the tension just kept building up, and uh, anyhow, they they let him go, and so any, so suit taken up starting today, scheduled to be taken up today. See where that goes. Complicated matter, no doubt about it. Of course, this all goes back to the left's assertion that you're supporting a particular religion, and you're you're conflating and and integrating religion with government, all that sort of stuff. I don't see how kneeling on the 50-yard line does that. I don't see how that, because the idea was, by the founders, we don't want government promoting, endorsing a particular faith. And how does that do that? He's not compelling his players to do that. I can tell you in my years of coaching youth sports, it's pretty common for us to assemble on the mound after a game, pray. I did have a parent who did not want his child involved in that. That's fine. And I would always look at him and say, we're about to pray. And that was his signal for me to to exit, to walk up toward the dugout, away from the mound where we were praying. That's fine. You know, I never said a word about it, but his, but his parents, dad in particular, Made it clear to me, didn't want him to participate. So I wasn't gonna force him. I don't agree with that. He exercised his right not to participate. I mean, that's that's fine. So anyhow, this but is But by
2: the left's logic you were ostracizing him and, and othering him ah, and not yes. allowing him to be a part of the team. Ah, of course. Okay. Singling him out and you Right. You gotta look I got through you. it through the lens of being a victim. Ah, of course You can't look through
1: it through the lens of reality. Well, of course, Um, and I'm sure that they would also uh, uh, try to opine and posit that uh, I allowed that to enter into my coaching decisions with respect to his playing time and position and so forth. I say horse hockey did that. No, it didn't. We were playing baseball. But that's the left. They love to assume what you're thinking. Well, they want you to be that because they thrive on you being the boogeyman that they want you to be. They're so dejected over learning that you're not that they have to make it up. That's Literally, that's how they deal with it. Break time here on Middays. We are in the Element Well Studios. We got half an hour left on the program, and then... Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews.
7: Protect
10: your home and office with Havard Pest Control, a family-owned and operated business for 75 years. Havard provides termite and pest services with free quotes, low-monthly payments, free recalls, and unmatched customer service. For more information, visit HavardPest.com.
9: Harley Equipment in Gluckstad is excited that grass-cutting season has finally arrived. Harley has a large selection of in-stock Skag Zero Turns, Wall-Behinds, and Stand-On Mowers. And Skag mowers are known for being simply the best in the lawn equipment industry. Skag has the mowing machine to meet your needs with a variety of models to choose from for whatever size property you might have. Skag is offering 0% financing and no money down, so buying a new mower has never been easier. Hartley Equipment in Gluckstadt. Find us on Facebook or give us a call, 601-499-0944. This is owner
1: Cameron Hartley reminding you that when it comes to your lawn and outdoor equipment needs, shop smartly, shop Hartley.
5: This is Allison Callaway. Since 1954, Callaway's has been family owned and operated. We offer fine merchandise at reasonable prices. We have what you need to make your outdoors beautiful and colorful. Callaway's has a large selection of trees and shrubs. Callaway's has special pricing on outdoor patio furniture with all the new 2022 collections arriving. We offer landscaping. Our designers, Clinton Streeter and Corey Castle, can design and install your landscape from a small job to a total transformation. Let Calloway's turn your backyard into a staycation destination. Give us a call to discuss your landscaping needs. Bring your truck or trailer. Callaway's offers bulk soils for pickup and local delivery. Refilling your propane tanks is always the better option, and Callaway's is a propane refilling station. When you refill, you get more propane for less money. Callaway's in Gluckstadt on Calhoun Station Parkway, south of Germantown High.
7: Everything
4: for home and garden—that's what is. Go big and go home during Miss Kelly's Big Home Sale. The savings are big, up to $500 off, and the selection is too. Over $60 million of in-stock inventory. Plus, with 60 months financing, there's no down payment required. Instant gratification, endless possibilities. Take your new furniture, your big savings, and your down payment, and go
6: home. Go big during the big home sale, only at Miss Skelly's.
12: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Governor Tate Reeves will be joining Neil Cavuto's Coast to Coast on Fox Business today at 1245. The last time he appeared on a national program, he expressed his frustration with Vice President Kamala Harris.
14: It frustrates me to no end, to be honest with you, that within the last two weeks, Vice President Kamala Harris has found time in her schedule to visit Greenville, Mississippi. Uh, to highlight whatever it is that she wanted to highlight, but she hasn't had time in the last year during her tenure as being in charge of the border crisis to actually visit the southern border.
12: Reeves was correct in stating that Harris had visited Greenville recently, but he was incorrect in saying that it's been a year since Harris visited the U.S.-Mexico border. For the latest Mississippi news, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or online at supertalk.fm. I'm Kelly Bennett.
10: Huntington's disease is fatal and a genetic disease described as having ALS, Parkinson's, and Alzheimer's simultaneously. Join us in the fight against Huntington's disease at the inaugural Mississippi Team Hope Walk on Saturday, May 21st at 9 a.m. at Lakeshore Park in Brandon. To learn more, visit hdsa.org forward slash thwms.
0: Just search for Super Talk on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. It is on. On Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Thank you for joining us today on Midday Super Talk, Mississippi. The markets once again in the red. Concerns, by the way, uh, that investors have are over the shutdowns in China and the supply chain exacerbation that is expected to uh, to cause. And of course, China's policies—you know, Rhino—is zero COVID. And they just shut everything down, so the factories aren't buzzing. By the way, as a result, oil is down below 100 bucks today, $95, $96 a barrel. And, of course, when you shut down uh, a very large economy, such as China, the expectation is there will be less demand-slash-consumption of oil, so that caused the, um, the price to plummet. I'm looking at a... A map right now a scatter graph of the shanghai shutdown supply chain nightmare and it shows ships vessels in uh, in the ocean off the coast of china they're just all stuck there can't can't get them going because there are no people and they're they're waiting to go into shore to pick up more goods there are no goods to pick up this is causing problems and and that's causing angst in the market, if you will, and so investors are selling off. This is a big earnings week, especially in the tech-heavy Nasdaq. I think we're expected to see both Microsoft and Apple earnings. I'm not sure what the street is looking for, but that is uh, that's going to be a big a big mover of the market, I believe, one way or another. The earnings uh, from as announced by Microsoft and uh, Apple this week. So we shall stay tuned for that, see where all that goes. But the shutdowns in particular are causing lots of angst. I also saw a report, Rhino, where we're now looking at inflation, possible shortage of cooking oil, most of which is made with palm, comes from Indonesia. And so Indonesia is like putting a moratorium on shipping palm outside of the country, keeping it there so they can produce sufficient cooking oil and keep the price down. A lot of stuff, of course, utilizes cooking oil as an ingredient, and so the increased cost of that input drives the cost of the other products, food products that are being produced. And so they say they're going to keep it in their country for a while, so as to fight the inflationary effect of the production of food inside Indonesia. So we'll see how that plays out across the rest of the world. They are the world's top cooking oil exporters. So they're banning it for this week. Yeah, they they had a
2: freeze on it for a couple of years, I want to say. yeah. After environmentalist outrage, and then it was either September or October, maybe late October of last year, they did away with the freeze and started allowing exports again, and now they've shut it off again. Yeah.
1: that's. I, honestly, I'll have to admit, until I saw this report in the journal, I had no idea that Indonesia was the top exporter of cooking oil. Who would have thought? Verizon... On the 22nd, a couple of days ago, they uh, delivered fairly negative financial report for the quarter. Their first quarter profit fell 13%. Their management team guided uh, about a very negative future, said heavier corporate expenses, a rising interest cost, would pressure earnings in the months ahead. I think they've also got a, a, a very uh, tempered a subscription uh, outlook as well. So I don't know. This is uh, they said their subscriptions fell by thirty six thousand in the first quarter. Now AT and T reported a net gain of six hundred and ninety one thousand customers in that same quarter, in the same period. So shares uh, bombed six percent or so. Verizon's did on the news. But and I'm just bringing this out because there's just lots of disturbing news about the economy, about inflation, about uh, the future. Now, most economists are revising the, um, the outlook for the quarter in terms of GDP downward to 1%. Now, a recession, a classic definition of recession – is when two consecutive quarters produce negative GDP growth, a decline from the prior quarters. And uh, so 1% is a decline. Are we going to get a second quarter, which would be the, the second quarter of the year, April through June, where it's down? Yeah, probably. So technically speaking, we would be in a recession. I saw a report this morning from an economist... Um, I think her name is Sheila Lazar. She says we're in the early stages of a very significant, synchronized global recession. And I heard her talking points, and they were compelling and disturbing. And it's it's what you expect. It's all the helicopter money's dried up. Consumers have pulled forward a lot of that demand. Now they ain't got no money. <laughs> or they're certainly not flush with it the way they were. And so the concern is combination of Rising prices and less money to chase goods and services equals lower profits, a lower economic output, a recession. Now you got the Fed saying we're definitely in for 50 basis points in the next round of interest rate hikes. That would happen in May. Another one in the summer. And as we reported last week, one of the Fed governors last week said i think seventy five basis points is on the table point seven five percent the markets reacted very negatively to that, obviously so just lots of just be aware folks of lots of economic news that is um really starting to bubble up and brew up with respect to inflation supply chain price of oil interest rates and Inflation right now, March 22, now being reported by the Bureau of Labor Statistics, March of 22 versus 21. Some categories, regular gas up 48%, electricity 11%, used cars 35%, hotels 29%, and apparel 6%. I mean, anecdotally, that seems to be consistent. Green fees are up, too. I was a little surprised at what the green fees were. So that seems to be happening.
2: I watched the rollout of new rental prices in real time the last few months. Okay. Real time. And, wow. and you'd see one apartment at one place that was going for 745 775
1: a month, and within a month, 900 925 a month. Wow. Nothing changed. Yeah, and that's... Uh, that has been discussed. Of course, while my, all my real estate friends are not seeing a whole lot right now, but we did report that the uh, the industry uh, reported that new mortgage applications in March were down 5%. Now we got mortgage rates averaging 5.10, 5.12. you got to believe that's going to also push applications down. So when the housing industry starts to moderate and it starts to taper off. That is So much is affected by that, so many other industries. And so that is a big uh, component and indicator of uh, the economy and economic growth and prosperity. So we'll certainly see uh, where all that is headed. On the C Spire text line, I'm not an economist, but even I know a recession is coming. Thomas and Greenwood reports, uh, at and upgraded towers to 10 gig. Verizon and C Spire haven't. Thus, the shift of customers. I hear you, Thomas, but do you really think that's it? Uh, do you think that the customers out there say, yeah, I'm dumping Verizon. I'm going to AT&T because of 10 gig. Hmm. I don't know. Nine forty-five a month uh, responding to your rent report there, Thomas says, you can buy a $150,000 house for that. You sure can. Find me a $150,000 house. You can't find those anymore.
2: That's the problem. You you can't find a decent house in a decent spot for under two hundred grand. And this is the weird part. I know of at least five different people or couples that pay between eight hundred and a thousand in rent that managed to find houses that were in that same price range to get a mortgage. Couldn't get approved. They're already paying that much a month. But wow. Couldn't get approved. Did they state a reason? I mean, you didn't did have enough
1: savings. Enough savings? I've never even heard of that factoring into. Never heard of that before. I don't know. It's not even on your credit reports. Ah, that's weird. I hear you. Uh, Jason says, how did the very smart people of China not know that zero COVID is an exercise in futility? Furthermore, where was this at the beginning when it could have stopped the pandemic instead of trying to hide the outbreak? I hear you. And you know what, Jason? I believe this is the way the communists think. It's about showing that our approach is superior to America's. Those dumb Americans, they're opening up. People are dying in the streets. That's what they're telling their people. Therefore, we got to lock everybody up. That's why you don't want that capitalism. That self-government. Time for a break here on Midday's. We got another segment in Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews. We're in the Element Well Studios. Stay with us.
6: Come out to Mississippi Makers Fest on May 7th from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. at the two Mississippi museums in downtown Jackson. Enjoy live music from the North Mississippi All-Stars and a huge lineup of bands plus art and food from over 50 makers. The World of Marty Stewart exhibit will also open at the museums the same day featuring artifacts from Johnny Cash, Dolly Parton, Marty Stewart himself, and more. Mississippi Makers Fest is sponsored by Southern Beverage Company. And the World of Marty Stewart is sponsored by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. For more info, visit mdah.ms.gov.
13: This is a Midday AgriMarket Report. An executive order signed by President Biden on Friday includes provisions for federal departments such as the USDA to examine the impacts of deforestation from agricultural commodity imports from countries that are turning a blind eye or encouraging large amounts of deforestation president traveled to Washington State last week to sign the order to protect old growth forests that could lead to more scrutiny of agricultural imports from certain countries. While much of the executive order focuses on language to protect the U.S. forests, the order signed by the president on Friday also includes several provisions for the federal government to examine the agricultural commodity imports from countries that are allowing or turning a blind eye to the deforestation. To address the global deforestation, the president's order directs the U.S. to reduce or eliminate the purchase of agricultural commodities grown on deforested lands that were done either illegally or in the recent past. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Mississippi Agri News Network.
6: Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money, but they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. Propane is a safe, reliable, and clean energy source, and it's important that you're aware of these basic safety tips. Be sure that all family members are familiar with the smell of propane, know where the shutoff valve is, and what to do if a leak is suspected. Your propane provider will continue to offer a gas system check by one of their professionally trained technicians at no cost to you. Ask your provider for a pamphlet about more important propane safety info.
12: Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com.
4: This is Ben Shapiro reminding you to listen to The Ben Shapiro Show weekday nights starting at 9 p.m. here on 97.3 Super Talk Jackson.
0: Are we going to do this? Middays with Gerard Gibbert.
7: Keep rolling.
11: 3, 2, 1.
0: On Super Talk Mississippi.
1: back everyone super talk Mississippi middays so there was a question on the ceasefire tax line about can states pass term limits on their representatives uh no they uh talking about their US representatives they're congress people right you could in theory do
2: it at the state level for your state representatives State representatives, absolutely. You have it's going to go into that big hurdle, but
1: yeah, yeah. And so, doing so requires. I mean, the, the Congress could do this. There, there is uh, so there's a mechanism in the Constitution to convene uh, the states in what's called the Convention of States to propose amendments to the Constitution. And uh, and and that that mechanism is there. It's kind, of, it's kind of like the ballot initiative at the state level we've been talking about so much. It's there if the Congress is not acting on something that the states believe they should should enact or amend in the Constitution. And uh, so there there is a move, a fairly active one, to get a convention of states called. But as I recall and you check me on this rhino, I think it requires three-quarters of the states. I think there's a 75% in there. Yeah, I'm trying to
2: do the math. It's either 34, 34 or 35 that yeah. you
1: have to have. 34 is the number that comes to mind. So you'd have to get 34 states on board. To, and that's uh,
2: just to get the ball rolling. To convene, of to right. 38 or 39 to ratify it? Maybe I know it's a lower number to, to start the amendment process and a higher number to ratify.
1: Well, it. maybe that's it. Two thirds to get the convention, and then maybe it's seventy five percent to ratify. We'll have to check on that. But the bottom line is, it's, it's just hard to to get done. Intentionally, it's it's hard to. It requires something that is so overwhelmingly supported that the uh, the numbers are there to get together and then to get legislation or amendment passed. So uh, it's just not likely when you think about the makeup of the states in the country that you could uh, hit that bar and make that happen. So yeah, I think I think you're right. Thirty-four is two thirds then of the states to get together. And the other thing is the Constitution states that you can't just have a convention to meet and discuss. We need to do this and that and the other, and just have this sort of unlimited set of topics and objectives. It's got to be for the express purpose of, of specific issues. And so the convention that is, is being popularly sought and that a, a number of states have signed on to join, but short well short of the 34, it, it includes two issues. One, uh, balancing the budget, and two, term limits. Mississippi did, I wrote an article on the Clarion Ledger, I'm looking at it right now, When I had all this stuff memorized, but this was in 2019, and you can look it up, folks. Mississippi can help amend U.S. Constitution and limit federal government, but I'm pretty sure that after that, our legislature adopted the resolution, but it was to join in the convention on balancing the budget, but not term limits. I think the state opted out of the term limits provision, as I recall, because you could Evidently, you have that option that that does exist, but it's a high bar, and so I'm not sure we're gonna we're gonna ever get there at this point. So, Cindy says, "I think it's 38." So, is it 34 to convene and 38?
2: Yeah, I'm double checking here, okay. and it's it's from Article Five of the U.S. Constitution. Right. It gives the states the power to call a convention of states to propose amendments to the Constitution. Yep, it takes 34 states to call the convention and 38 to ratify any amendments that are proposed. Okay.
1: Makes sense. So doing the quick math there, I believe that's three-quarters, right? 38 because you got, yeah, four and change of 12. So I think that's right at three-quarters. I believe that is the bar, if I'm not mistaken. So two-thirds to get the deal going, three-quarters to pass it. I, that was by design. Makes sense. Total sense. So, let's see here. Um, uh, the original Stonewall's Barbecue and Catering says, imagine how confusing the language would be if a ballot initiative would be after the legislature put their option on the ballot. It's already confusing as heck already, uh, already isn't it, um, Stonewall? It's, uh Yeah. And you can just uh, at the federal level is even crazier. Mm, interesting. Well, you can hear the music. And that means we're out of time today. We got Super Talk Outdoors coming up with Ricky Matthews, but uh, have no fear. Rhino and I will be back with you again tomorrow from the Element Well Studios. We thank you so much for joining us. Again, we're back here tomorrow. Until then, stay safe and God bless everyone. And